It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Tyrus. I'm Liz Clayman. I'm Greg Jarrett. And this is the Fox News Rundown. Monday, August 1st, 2022. I'm Eben Brown. The war between Russia and Ukraine isn't over, and it won't be, as neither side is giving in nor claiming loss, nor showing they can overpower one another. The South remains very active and really the area of focus for both sides right now. But there still is an effort for the Russians to maintain their territorial gains in the east. This is the Fox News Rundown War on Ukraine. Hey, it's Clay Travis. Join me for Outkick the Show as we dive deep into a mix of topics. New episodes available Monday to Friday on your favorite podcast platform and watch directly on outkick.com forward slash watch. Russia's war is now stretching past the half-year mark, and the assessments continue to be the same. Neither Russia nor the Ukrainians are winning. Both are losing blood and treasure, and neither wishes to give up. Yeah, right now the Russians are getting hit quite hard in the southern part of the country, in the Kherson region. Fox's Trey Ying speaks to us from our bureau in Jerusalem. He talks not only Ukraine, but how tensions are heating up in another part of the planet that most Americans haven't discussed since the Clinton administration. There were reports today that Russian troops actually had to be moved from their offensive in the north, just to the east of Kharkiv, Ukraine's second largest city, down to the south to support some of these efforts to maintain a front line. The Ukrainians have been very clear. Their first order of business right now is using these Western weapons, including the medium range rocket systems, to push back against the Russian offensive in the Kherson region. And they have been successful at doing so to a limited degree. The question is how this plays out as more Western weapons arrive in the country and what the Russians are willing to take in terms of losses before they start targeting deeper and deeper into this territory. Mykolaiv, a city very close to the front line in this uh, part of the country, has been hit quite hard in recent days. There are Russian missiles still slamming into even uh, the Odessa Oblast. And so the South remains very active and really the area of focus for both sides right now. But there still is an effort for the Russians to maintain their territorial gains in the East and the efforts they've made in taking Luhansk and portions of the Donetsk region. The big question I have asked so many people, and it's really hard to answer, is are we at any point near or closer to an end game for either side? This has been going on, I think, now six months, if not longer. Uh, and uh, certainly Russia has not made the quick uh, work of this that they were believed to have been able to do. The Ukrainians, I think everyone agrees uh, have certainly held their own, but ultimately uh, they can uh, they can lose. And even if they are holding territory and uh, and making uh, some severe damage into the Russian uh, military and perhaps ego, uh, they are losing uh, hundreds of people daily. Uh, not to mention civilians and and the displacement and what has really sort of become a Ukrainian diaspora has has really begun. Uh, is there any talk from any sources that you? you speak with or anything that you have heard where there's a way to 
to sort of end this and move into whatever the next phase could be, whatever that phase could be. Uh, but to sort, but to begin to wind down uh, fighting, which hasn't hasn't really accomplished what Russia has wanted to accomplish, and hasn't really accomplished what Ukraine has wanted to accomplish. The short answer is no. The Ukrainians are committed to fighting this war till the end, and until they reclaim all of the territory that's been taken by Russian troops. And the Russians show no sign of letting up either. And so it's the situation that actually is. I don't want to say uncommon, but not as frequent in the year 2022 when it comes to conflict around the world. In almost every conflict that we cover, there is some background of peace talks or efforts to come to some understanding to allow civilians to get out of the way. There is an ongoing effort to end the the conflict. Neither side, though, in this war appears ready to even have those conversations. And while there have been limited efforts by outside parties like the United Nations and the Turks, for example, to allow Ukrainian grain and commodities to be exported safely through the Black Sea, that really just focuses on trying to avoid a larger global food crisis that's already underway. In terms of stopping the fighting or having some sort of ceasefire that would allow hundreds of thousands of civilians to get out of the line of fire, those talks just simply aren't taking place. And both sides appear to be ready for what looks like will be years of fighting. And initially talking about years of of ground war in Europe seemed like a, a far out concept in the past when you and I have had these conversations and when we were reporting on the ground in Ukraine for months. But the reality is this is a very stark and bloody battle that's taking place right now in Eastern Europe, and there really is no end in sight. So the short answer to your question is no. The Ukrainians and Russians do not appear poised to cut any sort of peace deal or ceasefire agreement in the coming weeks or months. You mentioned the shipments of grain that could be getting out uh, from Ukraine to help feed the world. Ukraine's historic role, really, in, in the Eastern Hemisphere is to help feed uh, uh, some nations that are often on the verge of famine. Uh, have those grain shipments left yet? And, and do we feel that the Russians will honor their commitment to, to allow it or to expedite it, understanding that this is to the benefit of people outside of this conflict? Yes. And surprisingly so, I, I might add, because the Russians early on signed this agreement just late last month and then proceeded to hit the port city of Odessa with cruise missiles. Right. And so there was a lot of concern in the international community, especially among those who cut this deal to allow for the shipment of grains and the safe passage of this commodity, whether or not it was even going to happen or or succeed. But today, the first ship carrying a Ukrainian grain was able to leave the, the port city of Odessa under this deal that was brokered by the United Nations and Turkey. And the ship is headed for Lebanon, a country that relies heavily on Ukrainian grain. That's according to Turkey's defense ministry. But the officials who took part in cutting this deal are hopeful this will be the first of many shipments because we know there are millions of tons of grain sitting right now in Ukraine, unable to be shipped due to Russia's invasion. And there are countries around the world that are paying the price. There are individuals who are going hungry as a result of not being able to afford the food that they normally buy 
that's partially provided by the Ukrainians. So this is a piece of good news amid the backdrop of a very bad story. And certainly what Western officials hope will be the first of many ships to leave. We've been speaking with Fox News correspondent Trey Yingst from our Jerusalem Bureau. Here on the Fox News Rundown War on Ukraine, we'll have more with Trey straight ahead. Trey, this war in Ukraine has sort of uh, brought back, I guess, a lot of uh, memories of, uh, of World War II. Uh, fighting in Europe of this scale has really not been seen since then. Uh, something else is going on uh, on the other side of the planet, um, which has sort of, uh, I guess, invoked some memories of the 1990s, and that is tensions high in Serbia and Kosovo. Uh, this is uh, something that we, we probably have not talked about since, I think, the late 90s. Uh, let, could, could you tell us what's been happening? Uh, because this is a development that most most Americans, I would say, would go, what? I thought this was over already. Yeah, most Americans talking about Balkans and conflict in this part of the world would be hard pressed to find the last time they talked about this region in conversation. It just simply it doesn't come up despite the fact amid ongoing tension and really a, a continued uncertainty for civilians that live there. But the short of this story is that yesterday there was gunfire along the border between Kosovo and Serbia. And then air raid sirens were heard in towns along the border. And there was set to go into effect a law today that would require the ethnic minority in northern Kosovo, ethnic Serbs, to basically have an extra document with them when they enter Serbia and also to change their license plates so that they were basically required to go through a few more hoops to enter Serbia. Well, since this tension along the border, and it is not uncommon to have tension here over the past few decades, there has been a really consistent level of tension here. There was a decision made by officials in Kosovo to delay this decision. And it will be delayed 30 days. And this was really at the request of third parties like the U.S. Embassy to avoid the conflict heating up again. And there is a NATO-led peacekeeping mission on the ground in Kosovo. They basically have put out a statement saying they're monitoring the situation and they are prepared to intervene if stability is jeopardized. But the hope is that by delaying this new law that was set to go into place, it will reduce the tension that's taking place there and avoid any sort of escalation in the conflict. So what happens in 30 days from now? This law takes effect and what what is expected for, for the next 30 days to, to, to bring calm for, if that's the right way to ask? So if, if the law does go into effect, those ethnic Serbs, and there are thousands of them in northern Kosovo, will have to carry an additional document when they cross into Serbia. They'll also be required to change their license plates and... This is something that has brought up protests in the past. It has brought up statements by officials in Serbia basically saying that this minority population is being treated unfairly. And there have been some concerning statements by officials in Serbia about the way they view Kosovo. And when we look at the uh, historical context here, without getting too deep into the Balkans wars, it really is an area of the world that while it is not the focus right now for Europe in terms of, of conflict, certainly with the war in Ukraine, it's an area that could heat up again. There are a lot of uh, populations that have lived and, and grown up amid war, and they know what it's like. And the world 
it's part of the reason they have a NATO peacekeeping mission on the ground to ensure that conflict doesn't arise again. So the next 30 days could be tense. They could uh, require more international intervention. And we can expect the Americans, especially the U.S. Embassy in Kosovo, to continue to speak up and try to take what could turn into a, a very tense situation, uh, basically try to lower the heat. Trey Yingst from our Jerusalem Bureau, thank you so much for being with us on the Fox News Rundown War on Ukraine. Thank you. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com.